0: Hello and welcome to the Three Points in a Prayer podcast, the podcast where I ask my guests how they came to faith in Christ, what has been the toughest part of their walk with Christ and what has been the highlight of their walk with Christ, and then we ask them to pray for us. Now this week's guest is a man I've known for every single day of my 53 years and five months. He's a man I've looked up to ever since I was old enough to understand what that meant and respected for just as long. He's a man who's been there throughout the highs and lows of my life, and who to this day still gives me a hug just when I need it. So it gives me great pleasure to welcome to this week's podcast, my dad. Dad, it's absolutely fantastic to have you with us on Three Points and a Prayer. Um, Now, listeners to the previous podcast christians in our soup uh, will remember that we had both yourself and mum on and hopefully at some point in the future we're looking forward to having mum on uh, as well uh, to share her three points in a prayer but um, get us underway today just uh, with our first point by sharing your journey to faith in christ how was it that you came to faith in christ
1: well well, basically um i avoided any form of church apart from one set up when i was about seven Uh, And quickly came out of that from a Sunday school Right Uh, And when I got to uh, secondary school I was invited to a Crusaders Bible class Okay When I was age 11 and a bit Yeah Uh, Which I thoroughly enjoyed We used to do all sorts of activities Which kept us uh, on the hoof as it were at times Yeah But we we used to have an Easter uh, mission Run by somebody famous, as uh, they might say nowadays, or a celebrity, but uh, probably not known to us kids. Okay. Uh, and in the year 1952, on April 23rd, uh, which was Saint George's Day, at about eight o'clock, yeah, uh, the the guy who was leading was a chap called R. Hudson Pope, who wrote a number of the old. Uh, CSSM choruses.
0: Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh,
1: and he uh, was leading our mission that week. And uh, we were challenged at the end of the week to whether or not we wanted to give our lives to the Lord. Yeah. And at 14 and three quarters or thereabouts, I actually said yes. Okay. I had had a, some superb biblical teaching over the th- previous three and a half years that I'd been in the class. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Which had sort of given me roots into this Yeah uh, But at that time I was actually challenged Did I want to accept Christ as my saviour or not? Sure And uh, at that point I said yes And so I came to faith uh, I'm not sure that I actually recognised entirely what, the, uh, what it would mean for me Yeah, um, sure. At that age um, if I'm honest, but uh, yeah, I had made that decision, and I went on through the class uh, until um, until we left Watford, yeah, uh, about nine years later. So that was how I came to faith. It's that simple. It was in a mission with a guy challenging us to to give our lives to the Lord. And as I say, that was in 1952 on St. George's Day.
0: Wow, that's brilliant. Um, For our younger listeners, um, forgive me, Dad, um, but for our younger listeners, explain a little bit about Crusaders, because I think that's an organisation that doesn't exist in the same way today, is it?
1: No, it's now called Urban Saints. I don't know what happened to the rural saints. Oh, right. (laughs) Um, But, um, yeah, Crusaders was an interdenominational Bible class for youngsters from age about seven through to, well, it all depends how long you wanted to stay there and whether you became a leader. Okay. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and its aim was to teach the truth of the Bible, the truth about uh, God creating uh, all things, God, uh, the truth about Jesus um, going to the cross for our salvation and being the only saviour of the world. Yeah. And uh, we used to run camps. We did canoeing on the local canal. Uh, We played football. We played a game called paddocks, which was somewhere between a cross of um, baseball and cricket. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, uh, Oh, yeah, that was great fun. Um, Relatively harmless, unless (laughs) you stood too close to the batter.
0: I can believe that, yes.
1: (laughs) But, uh, yeah, you know, uh, so there was a lot of shall i say social interaction as well yeah but primarily we met on a sunday for what would be a service of worship uh teaching and so on yeah it um expanded into things like there, there was one particular group called key yeah those who were keen to oh, okay. learn more yeah on a saturday evening i think usually and i learned a massive amount about the gospel um it was It was proclaimed clearly, understandably to kids of our age, and um, we had a a Watford class. We had a great bunch of leaders. Oh, brilliant! um, Who just um, took us along, and um, yeah, as I say, that that was the basis of it. But it was interdenominational; it wasn't attached to a particular denomination to any particular church. Sure. What they did was, where if you became a Christian, they encouraged you to go to church. Okay, so. Uh, Reading between yeah. the
0: lines, would I be right in suggesting that when you've made a commitment, they've then suggested a local church for you to go and become a part of?
1: To an extent, yes. Um, I mean, my reaction, having got um, a, a mother who was um, solidly Anglican and never went to church. Right. Uh, at that time, at least. Um I was, um, when I did start to think about going to church, about uh, 18 months after I'd given my life to the Lord, uh, because up to then I thought, oh, well, I'll stick with crusaders and do it, you know, just worship then. Yeah. But my mother very clearly said, the church you will go to will be, and pointed me to a church which was... um, Fairly lifeless. Didn't right. preach the gospel. Preached a social gospel, but not an evangelical one. Wow. And uh, we had a minute, a vicar in that church, who uh, uh, he used to race us all to see who could say the Lord's prayer fastest. Oh wow! Okay. Without it meaning a thing. Yeah, sure. As far as I was concerned, at any rate. Yeah. So uh, that was a church I got as soon as I became twenty-one. Uh, and in those days that's when you became an adult I think that's age should stay nowadays but there we are (laughs) it's another story (laughs) yeah uh yeah um, I left that church and went to the local parish church at Watford um which was solidly evangelical right Uh, and it was there that other things transpired
0: sure sure brilliant thanks for that now you know you and I both know as Christians of a number of years standing that there's nowhere anywhere in Scripture that says that when you give your life to the Lord, life becomes a bed of roses and everything's going to be easy.
1: <laughs> I wish.
0: Uh, well, I was going to say, if only that were the case. Um, so our second point, our second question, if you like, what have been some of the toughest points of your walk with the Lord?
1: Yeah, um, I know you like only one. Um, <laughs> no, find Go for it. Can, yeah, you can. can I have three? But... Yep um i think one of them then comes out into our last point great stuff okay Uh, yeah so let's do the two shortest ones about three or four years after i became a christian uh i suddenly seemed to hit a dark tunnel Uh, It's the only way i can describe it everything went blank god seemed to disappear from sight and from hearing and from anything else um and it was very very difficult time for me particularly being a young Christian still. Yeah. And the incredible thing about that was that it actually led me to pray a great deal more. Wow. Okay. To tear it just just to drag God out from somewhere, if you like. Yeah. Um and about six weeks after that started, um suddenly it was as though I came out of a tunnel into glorious sunlight. Wow. And I was you know and there was god and took me through and carried me on yeah Uh that was a weird experience but it taught me i think that prayer is essential yes and, um it taught me perhaps to pray more um focused yes uh, in in many respects yeah. in a more focused way yeah then uh, about six or seven years later Uh, I got married to your mother, Uh bless her cotton socks, and I was delighted. Um, But we moved out of Watford into Luton, where we knew none of the churches whatsoever. Right. And we struggled to actually, for the first, yeah, 12 months of our marriage, we struggled to find a church that we felt we could settle in right there was a methodist church at the top of the road as it were just around the corner from where we lived yeah which were they were lovely people uh, and they you know we were welcomed and all the rest of it but we just didn't seem to fit um and about six months after we were married i got to the point where i was saying if you're their god if there is a god even yeah then you've got to do something because i am going downhill in my faith yeah and that was a that first year of marriage was tough in terms of spirituality right yeah
2: um
1: even to the point where um i came very very close to checking it all in wow and uh, i don't think it hit your mother in the same way praise god but she might be telling, she might tell you differently, but I don't think it did. But I prayed that God would drag us out of this pit, out of this situation. Yeah. And within about six months, we had joined a church, which was the center. Uh, I know we've got to be careful how I word this. It was the, <laughs> it was a church in the center of Luton, but it was the main Methodist church in the area.
0: Okay. And yeah.
1: it had, instead of being part of a circuit of six or seven churches, it was its own circuit.
0: Oh, wow. Okay.
1: Known as the Luton Industrial Mission. Yeah. The uh, minister there preached the gospel and how. Right. And he had a vision for um, getting into the workplace to bring people to Christ, to, to spread the gospel out. Yeah. He, he called it the industrial mission um but it was a church where there were on a sunday evening probably 750 people wow okay in the uh, uh downstairs and in a gallery upstairs you know in a balcony upstairs yeah and the place was filled with um Tip-up cinema seats, because J. Arthur Rank apparently was a Methodist and had supplied, or or the organisation had supplied, all these tip-up seats for the congregation, certainly downstairs. I can't remember about upstairs. Right. Uh, So we sat in comfortable seats, and every time we got up to sing a hymn, it was boom, 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 boom. (laughs)
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) But the house group era was just coming in at the time, Yeah, and we got stuck into a house group. Right and there were two or three really strong christians there were two or three of us who were christians who had been struggling yeah and there were two or three folk who had no christian background at all weren't terribly bothered but somehow had been brought in i think under this umbrella of the industrial mission they were a lot of them were businessmen yeah um and they were supporting the church uh, with this idea of having a mission within the industry,
2: uh-huh.
1: or within within the industry to reach out, yeah, which was incredible, seeing that in fact one or two of them certainly were not Christians at the time. So don't know how that worked, but praise God it did. Yeah, we had um, an American lady who was part of the team at the church, uh, and she headed up our house group, and that house group that's where I, if you will, got converted to being. To, to agree to house groups, right, that house group brought me back out well, I was going to say almost from the dead, yeah, um in terms of spirituality, and that brought me through, yeah, um and I think house groups, as I look back over the years, are, should be an absolutely integral part of any church, yeah, yeah, um because you can study more closely the Word of God. Yeah, you can pray together. You get to know a particular group of people, and you must not become a clique, of course, under any circumstances. But you can um, uh, you, you can get to know a group of people, and you can pray together, and it builds up each other's faith. Yes. Yeah. In a massive way. Yeah. Sure. Um, but so that sort of took me out of the second yeah tough place and that really was a tough one at the time
0: dad just before we jump into your third point i just want to dive down a little bit of a rabbit hole from something that you've mentioned uh, a few moments ago relating to your second point we live in a world today which is very much instant this instant that instant the other um and as christians i think sometimes we fall into the trap of thinking i'm going to pray god's going to answer my prayer right now and if he doesn't then he's clearly not there what you said in relation to that second dark time that you went through um was within six months how did that six months feel because in today's world and even for my own generation to to have the patience when you're going through something like that to cling on for six months i think a lot of people of the current generation i say that carefully because not everyone's in the same boat i understand that um, But because we live in this world where everything is so instant, to hear someone say, well, I held on for six months waiting for God to answer. How did that six months feel for you?
1: Uh, fairly grim, actually, as I recall. I mean, i yeah. back uh, 60 years now, of course. But fairly grim because, um I mean, somewhere we, were, I'm sure we, we definitely kept going to church. Right. But it was more habit. Right. Than... Spirituality, if you will. If yeah, you get sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um somewhere at the back of my craft's brain, I still felt that the gospel was true. Jesus had died for me. Yeah. He'd forgiven my sin. Um, I even still just about kept going with a quiet time each morning. Right. Yeah. Somewhere along the line, or each evening, I can't remember now so there was still something there but it was it, it was a, a real struggle
0: sure sure um but the fundamentals had remained in place despite what was going on spiritually kind of outside of that
1: yeah which is yeah. great and that says and a I, lot. I never i never took this to be a satanic attack sure at yeah. all it just seemed that god had withdrawn or disappeared again yeah rather like that first time and yeah perhaps that first time. Had given me, although it was only six weeks or thereabouts, had given me the impetus at this point to hold on. Yeah. Because he'd come back. Yes. That first time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic.
1: But yes, he doesn't always answer prayer instantaneously. As no, I find as I find my chagrin very often <laughs> even nowadays.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sure. And uh, it's, it's often said one of the most dangerous prayers to pray asking God for is, please give me patience, Lord, um, because yeah. when we do that, he'll often give us things to get patient over. So, uh,
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: your your third, uh, your third part of that second point, your, your third tough time.
1: Well, the third tough time was, I suppose it started just about two years ago. I had a lump come up um, in my neck just below the jaw. Yeah and um took no notice of it it didn't cause any problems for about three months and then suddenly it just changed its shape slightly and i began to get twinges of pain nothing terrible but yeah there was a twinge and after a couple of weeks or so i thought this this just isn't going away so i contacted the doctor got a doctor's appointment and he promptly put me uh in touch with uh, a hospital in taunton yeah and uh i was uh, i went down for a consultation and um, saw uh, an ear nose and throat specialist lovely guy Um, and he promptly on the spot sent me round for a biopsy to their uh, biopsy specialist a lovely lady who got well it felt like she got a sort of three foot long needle and stuck it in my neck to take a biopsy i, I don't think that's uh, <laughs> i think that's a substantial exaggeration it that way. <laughs> yeah um and it didn't even hurt without an anesthetic which rather surprised me however yep. she takes this sample round to the uh, or, or she had a good look at it under the microscope took it back to the ENC guy and he called me in and um said uh i think we ought to do this properly um and uh I can't remember the whole series of stuff. I'm I'm going back to about May 2021. Yeah. Um. But uh, I finished up with going in about a couple of three weeks later after after a scan. I think pet scan. Yeah. And um, one of his uh team looking at me very kindly. I was going to say almost very lovingly and saying, I'm afraid Mr. Hilton, it's cancer. Wow. Which took, yeah, it took the wind out of my sails to an extent. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But I looked at it. I don't know. I didn't collapse. Right. Somehow. It almost strengthened my faith. Yeah. Which sounds weird. To some extent, I think it wasn't unexpected after the biopsy and the way that this, this dear lady had sort of studied the thing and suddenly whipped round to the consultant beforehand. Yeah. But at eighty-four, yes, no, eighty-three. Um, it was a bit of a shock. Yeah. Um, sure. I'd got that far. Yeah. In life, and suddenly I got clobbered. Um. Anyway, the the whole thing went on, and I did. I had two of the worst scans I've ever had, which were MRI scans. They were absolutely awful. Yeah. And I think I had an, a CT scan before this and uh, and it all transpired that um, August the 5th, 2021, just into my 84th year, I had an operation uh, because this was a melanoma, a secondary melanoma, and I'd never found the primary, oddly enough. Wow. Secondary melanoma in my neck. And in the lymph glands, on on the lymph nodes. So August the 5th, in I go, and they chop me open, straight down one side of my neck, across the base, and up a little bit towards the Adam of Apple. Wow. Uh, Took out 57 lymph nodes, and the only one that was cancerous was the one that caused all the trouble and started it all off. My word. But I was in hospital for a week. Yeah. And. Within a couple of hours of coming round from the operation, I was walking about in the ward. Right. Now, that, my only other experience of being in hospital was about 55 years earlier, and I wasn't allowed to get out of bed. Mark, it would have been a job, a bit of a problem, because I was an operation on the knee. Right. But even so, I was not allowed out of bed. You stayed in bed in those days. Yeah. And they come and sort, came and sorted you out. This time, I was able to get up, I could go and have a wash. I could go to the toilet. I could wander around uh, up and down the corridor if I wanted to, and all the rest of it, um, which was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. And when I came round, they looked after me very well. In fact, I, I cannot fault the hospital at all. Great. Right. But that facing that, and I I hate the knife. <laughs> uh, yeah. Or anything medical comes about. Facing that was really difficult. Yeah. Yeah. When I came out the other side and praise God I that I did at my age. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. I had the opportunities in that hospital to make, to witness to what the Lord had done. Yeah. Yeah. And what he'd done throughout my life where in, in certain cases. Yeah. Uh, I had a nurse on radiography, uh, biopsy, who had had a bad experience, regrettably, in a church. Right. I still got her on my prayer list. I was able to talk to her for five yeah. or ten minutes while before the guy came in to do the job. Yeah. Um. I, you know, opportunities like that, where you could try and encourage people or, say, yeah. or tell them mm-hmm. where you were standing with the Lord. Yeah. Um. And I... Th- Over all the years, um, and I've not been, you know, I've been out on the streets sometimes. I've spoken to other people from time to time. I've preached for 60 or 70 years uh, and spread the gospel in church. Yeah. Less outside, regrettably, to my shame. But to have these opportunities was a real highlight. Yeah. Yeah. Extra special. Yeah. Uh, because, in a sense, I've got a captive audience, but um, there are some folk, I think, who, whether it's made any difference to their lives, I wouldn't know. But uh, they, some of them have heard the gospel you know, in a way which I wouldn't have been able to have done otherwise. Yeah. And that was a real, real highlight for me, um, to be able to do that, to have that opportunity, to have come through it. What has happened subsequently? Yeah, and I have to say this as bringing this through. Yeah, I was. I had to go and see the oncologist. Yeah, and he said you don't need radiotherapy and you don't need chemotherapy. Hallelujah! Praise the Lord for that. Yeah, he said you've got two possibilities. He said you can either um, have uh, CT scans over the next five years. For the first year, two each of the next two years, and one each of the next two years. Yeah. That would bring me up to about 89 if if the Lord hadn't taken me home. Yeah. Or he said you can have a thing called immunotherapy. Yeah. Which you may have heard of before. Yes, indeed.
0: In fact, yes, indeed. One of our previous guests on the show uh, spoke a little about immunotherapy. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, he sat me down, uh, and mum was there with me. He sat me down and he said, if you do immunotherapy, you've got the possible side effects of this, 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 and there are about a dozen things. And then he handed me six sheets of paper printed on both sides. Right. And he said, this is it. Take it home and read it. Come back to me in, I don't know, two or three weeks or whatever it was he wanted to see me. And he said, tell me which you want to do. Right. Well, what he told me I didn't like Yeah. before I even read the paper. Sure. Uh, these, these documents, and we got home, and uh, your beloved sister uh, was on the phone, or yeah, I think it was on the phone, yeah. And she said, How did it go? Seeing the oncologist, so we told her, and I said, I've got to make up my mind whether I want this immunotherapy or not. But uh, I said, It's got all these horrible side effects. And this was before I read the paper, quoting from what he told me, yeah. Um, and uh, she said. It's a no-brainer, Dad. She said, you've got a good quality of life at the moment. Yeah. You're in your eight, mid-80s uh, with a good quality of life. You're not hobbling around. You've not got a Zema frame. You can still drive and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. She said, it's a no-brainer. You don't do it. Yeah. She said, you don't risk diabetes, pancreatic problems, heart problems, um, kidney problems. Yeah. And this sort of thing. Sure. Yeah. Um, I have to say, I had been thinking along the same lines. And I, I rock bottom, I agreed with her. Yeah. But I did take time to read the sheets of paper. And I don't know that I was, I might still have them in the cupboard somewhere. And it put the wind up me so much, I thought, this is ridiculous. I'm just taking too many risks here at my age. It's just not worth it. Yeah. I might just as well enjoy the quality of life I've got go through the scans, and uh, if the Lord takes me for any reason, that's it. Yeah. What then happened was that they started giving me the scans, and every scan so far has been clear. Praise the Lord. Uh, Indeed, praise the Lord. I do uh, every day. Um, I'm still having consultations, and I think uh, it's all been switched from ENT now to dermatology because it was a melanoma. Yeah and um they're looking after me about every three months i'm having a consultation a little more a little less frequently i think with ent now yeah if at all um but the fact that the lord brought me through that when i was absolutely terrified about being chopped open and wondering what they'd find or if i'd even come around from the operation yeah stupid things like that but you know you all sorts of things go through your mind
2: yeah when of it's cancer yeah Yeah.
1: Um, And would it, even if I just stuck with the CT scans, would it be coming back? Um, I was encouraged by the fact that your mum had breast cancer 30 odd years ago and she's still with us. Amen. He's never come back. Yeah. So it can be taken away. And it looks as though this one lymph node was the only problem. Yeah. And they took it out and, you know, things stand at the moment, praise God. I'm clear. I'm waiting for my next uh, scan in August, this coming August. Yeah,
0: fantastic. I think one of the things that I've picked up from doing the show over the last seven or eight weeks is that for a number of folk, out of some of the toughest times have also come the highlights. And so it's been brilliant to hear for yourself how um, that third tough time actually segued almost smoothly into... A highlight with those opportunities and the healing and so on and so forth um and yes it's an ongoing process i get that but the fact that the lord has brought you through um uh, this far um is a great high point
1: um dad then, can, can i yeah, just go, have we got yeah, time? Please do. just one more we've, we've got about this, five minutes <laughs> right this is short yeah the, the amazing thing is out of all of this uh um having um left one church 12-13 uh, months ago uh, and got into one where we can walk the distance in rather yeah. than having to drive as I'm getting older um, the staggering thing is that out of all of this still I'm being used by the Lord because I've been dropped into at my age <laughs> house group leadership oh wow, okay um, uh, and yeah all right, they're a group of folk. A little bit younger than I am, 10 years probably younger than we are, mum and I. But um, to be given that responsibility and to be allowed even to do it yeah, was staggering. And having done house group leadership years ago, but at 85 I was not expecting sure. that to happen. And all this is, is because the Lord has allowed me extra years of life, which I wasn't expecting in many respects.
0: Yeah, yeah, sure. Sure. Fantastic. Dad, thank you so much. Really appreciate your openness and your honesty. Uh, I was chatting to a young lady on the show, um, which we recorded a while ago, which will go out uh, a couple of weeks before this one. Um, and she was like yourself was able to be very open and honest about the situations that she'd gone through and i love that openness and honesty because that's something which our listeners hopefully will be able to find endearing and warming and drawing them as you have through those experiences back to the lord as well so thank you for your honesty um we've got about three minutes before this zoom call is about to uh to shut sorry. down no 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 nothing to be sorry for but i'd love you to
1: i'd love you to close with a prayer for us if you would dad Okay, dokie Thank you. Lord God of heaven, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, we just Mm. give you glory and praise. Mm. Father, you're a mighty God. Jesus, you're a glorious saviour. Spirit of God, you are all powerful. And we give you praise and thanks for your goodness to us in difficult times. Mm. We thank you that actually you never leave us, Mm. but you stick with us throughout. And we just thank you for that opportunity. But thank you too, for Jesus. And his death on that cross Mm. to pay the the price for for each one of our sins Mm. and for his resurrection to give us eternal life Mm. as we turn to him. So thank you, Lord, God of heaven, for you are glorious Mm. and you are holy and you are mighty. Mm. And we worship you with all our hearts. Mm -hmm. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Dad, thank you once again for taking the time to be with us. I know it's something that you have said uh, previously, that uh, you found yourself often to be busier in retirement than you were when you were working. <laughs> um, so uh, thank you for taking some time out to be with us on Three Points of Prayer today. Dad, thank you very much.
1: You're very welcome. It's been a joy.
0: And that's all for this week. My thanks for tuning in and listening, and please do share the show with your families, your friends and your churches. You can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Castbox, Google Podcasts, Pocketcasts, Radio Public, Spotify and Stitcher. So don't forget to subscribe so you never miss a show. And if you could leave us a review on your podcasting platform of choice, that'd be great too. You can find us on social media on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter by searching Three Points and a Prayer, where you can also leave us your feedback. And you can email the show at three and a prayer at gmail.com. But for now, may you all know God's peace, love and blessing moving forward.